This is no ordinary sub shop. This is Firehouse Subs. Welcome to Firehouse. Tired of overpriced lunches that underdeliver on flavor? Head to Firehouse Subs, where for a limited time you can get a $4.99 choice sub. Choose from a medium smoked turkey, Virginia honey ham, or roast beef. They're custom-made hot subs at a price ready-made to make you smile. Just $4.99, only at Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs, save more lives. Participating locations plus tax limited time offer prices may vary for delivery. Julian Zelizer is back, political historian at Princeton University and a New America Foundation fellow. Uh, Julian, thank you for holding. Welcome back. Um, We do have uh, some breaking news. Um, This comes from the New York Times just uh, now, um, that the Senate Foreign Relations Committee has unanimously approved legislation granting Congress a voice in the Iran negotiations, or the negotiations with Iran on the nuclear accord, um, sending the once controversial legislation to the full Senate after the president withdrew his opposition rather than face um, bipartisan rebuke. Um, So basically, the president says, you bring me this bipartisan supported and signed legislation, and I will sign it. And Republican opponents of the nuclear agreement on the committee cited with the uh, president's strongest Democratic supporters and demanding a congressional role as international negotiators work to turn this month's nuclear framework into a final deal by June 30th. Uh, so first of all, let's talk about this. Surprised um, or pleased he obviously read your piece? <laughs> I, I'm not surprised. I mean, the surprise was President Obama was acting so unilaterally. This is a, a politician who very much believed in the role of Congress, who ran on that issue back in 2008, complaining that President Bush hadn't included Congress, and I think fundamentally believes this is better, but has grown frustrated with the realities of Capitol Hill. So I think uh, when he sees any kind of bipartisan opportunity on this kind of issue, it is logical uh, that he's going to jump on it. I think there's still doubt about what the rest of the Senate Republicans are going to do. But I do think uh, he is genuine in saying that he's willing to move forward with this kind of agreement because it would only strengthen the potential and possibility that this agreement works in the long run. And when we look at the bipartisan bill, um, are you familiar with uh, this legislation? I mean, because Democratic supporters uh, were demanding a congressional role, as you're saying that they should have. And this was an area where, I I mean, that you do have bipartisan support that, hey, we want to be in on this um, and that we need – um, you know, we need to and, and I and I do agree with you. We need to show the world unity here and, and not, not just Iran, but the world, our allies as well. And uh, d- does this, in a sense, though, make some Republicans look extremely hypocritical if they get on board with this because they've been speaking against this deal and really aligning themselves more with Benjamin Netanyahu than they have with President Obama? I mean, I think Republicans have two voices in their head that they're struggling with. So you have one voice uh, that says uh, they don't want to be the party that voters see uh, in which partisanship and obstructionism will get in the way of absolutely everything. Uh, And in this case, get in the way of the right to review a deal. Uh, It obviously gives Republicans the opportunity to say no down the line. Uh, But to set this framework up, I think, uh, many Republicans think is politically in their interest. But then there are other Republicans, there's that other voice that says we should just keep saying no, uh, and that if we uh, are complicit in this framework, if we move forward with the president, ultimately voters are going to judge us uh, as part of 
party is going to move, at least in the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, somewhat surprisingly, uh, with Bob Corker and Benjamin Cardin have worked out an agreement uh, to, to listen to the voice where uh, showing that you can govern sometimes can be beneficial for the party. I, I want to talk about um, this deal versus what the president wants. Does this bipartisan support piece of legislation uh, from Congress that will be hitting the president's desk, we would imagine, um, sooner rather than later, does it upset the pieces of this deal that are in place, being that we are one of a handful, half a dozen of pieces on this? Well, from what I've heard, it doesn't. Um, and it's basically giving Congress an opportunity to review this, and it will give it more formal say over the decision to lift sanctions, which obviously, you know, if, if the sanctions are not lifted, if Congress in the end manages and decides not to do that, it would undercut the deal. Uh, if the administration's happy with the deal, but Congress doesn't go along with that, then they have a problem. This international coalition has a problem. But I think, you know, given that the heart of many of these sanctions comes from the U.S., um, this is going to be part of how an agreement is reached. And I think the president will have to work very hard not only to show the science, meaning that this can be administered properly, uh, but to make a huge political push in the states and dis- in the states of uh, some of these Republicans to make sure they they go along, uh, not only with this part, but ultimately uh, lifting some of the sanctions. The president obviously realizes the merit that you speak about, although he doesn't need this congressional approval. That this would be a smart thing to do. Why do you think that he is now saying, look, you know, you give me a bite, you know, partisan piece of legislation, I'm going to sign this. I'm going to let you guys in on what we're doing. I'm not going to be the Lone Ranger on this. Well, I, I do. It goes back to who he is. He believes in congressional uh, participation. He's just been frustrated. He can't get it. So it fits squarely with uh, what he thinks. And I do think just strategically, you know, he believes exactly what we're talking about, that if he can get the Repub- some Republicans uh, to go along with this, uh, it will be beneficial to the political foundation of this agreement. Just as important, though, uh, he is worried about Democrats. There's so many Senate Democrats who are not clearly on board with this agreement. Uh, I think this is as much about them as it is the Republicans. He certainly expects many Republicans to oppose him, but what he can't afford is to have a significant number of Democrats opposed. So I think this agreement is not just about the GOP in terms of domestic politics. It's about his own party. Um, I want to, you know, so that people understand, as you mentioned, the bill would mandate that the administration send the text of a final accord, actually along with classified material to Congress, as soon as it is completed. Uh, But we also know that Secretary of State John Kerry um, said that, quote, what we're looking for is not to have Congress interfere with our ability inappropriately by stepping on the prerogatives of the executive department of the president. Do they risk that by allowing Congress to have a first peak? Because even though they would get the text of this final accord, along with the classified material as soon as it's completed, that doesn't mean they're all going to go, oh, okay, you know, let's sign here. I, I would be willing to bet that Republicans will you know, make some noise, 
because they love to bring it up to the 11th hour with things within our own nation, and I don't think this would be uh, any exception. June is around the corner. Yeah, I mean, that, that's true. I think, you know, John Kerry says that, but it, it's unclear to me specifically what he's talking about. You know, there's many people in both parties who feel that executive power has gone way too far uh, in terms of both agreements and, and going to war, and that we've had this trend for 20, 30 years where the executive branch has been usurping authority and rights that it doesn't clearly have in the Constitution. And both parties, including Barack Obama, have consistently said we need to change this because ultimately our system depends on this Democratic input from Capitol Hill. So, um, you know, I don't think it's so clearly defined what Kerry says authoritatively, uh, but I don't think it's as clear as he'd like it to be. Uh, and there's more than enough room to say that, that Congress does have the right and obligation uh, to do this. And, you know, uh, Ronald Reagan had to sell an agreement with the Soviet Union, a far worse enemy, uh, through, through the Senate. And many Republicans were saying no, no, no. But, you know, he pressured them and ultimately convinced the public it was a good idea. They're um, members of both parties. There was a growing pressure, as you wrote, on Capitol Hill to pass legislation that would give them the right to review the deal uh, and make a decision about lifting sanctions. There are some people that didn't even want to put this to a vote and certainly did not want to vote in favor of passing it. And we talked about the hypocrisy there. Um, Where is this pressure coming from? Well, I think um, some of it is just, the opposition to President Obama. So the arguments you hear about Iran are not dissimilar arguments. You've heard about the Affordable Care Act and the immigration decisions he did through executive actions. This is a president who is becoming much stronger in using executive authority to push for his programs or to push for policies that he can't get through Congress. The others, you know, there are a lot of Senate Democrats who are under different kinds of political pressure right now, um, but not to go along with this deal. And I think people like Chuck Schumer are certainly uh, letting the White House know that uh, this bill is causing a lot of concern in certain constituencies. And what they need to do is give some assurance to the public, not just that Congress is participating, but that this will be a strong deal and that it will be a deal that's safe in the Middle East and and even more broadly. Oh, most definitely. If you had to predict what's going to happen here, what do you think will happen here? I mean, you know, the president, you know, this will pass. The president will sign it. Uh, Congress has 52 days to uh, review and approve. uh, The the, the president has to submit the final deal to Congress, and they have 52 days to review and approve the agreement, again, bringing that right up to that deadline. Um, And, uh, I, I mean, Republicans know that if after reviewing, if they approve this agreement, again, this gives a guy for the you know party of no and the party of we don't want anything to pass that Obama you know puts forth uh, definitely is another box that is checked in the win column um, in the history books for President Barack Obama. It does, and and so that will be a concern. Although there will also be Republicans who are so worried about the kind of brand rating decline that the GOP has suffered from because of its inability, at least on the surface, to govern, um, that they're going to be hesitant to say no to an agreement that looks uh, tenable to many Americans. And so if the administration could do the right job in terms of selling this and avoiding the kinds of mistakes 
it's made on issues like health care, con- convincing the public that this is inevitable. It's the only alternative at this point. Uh, then it becomes much harder, even if Republicans don't want to give him a win, to say no. And so that's why the administration needs to conduct a really fierce public relations campaign now to win public opinion before that time comes. Let's talk about history because uh, you write about it greatly on CNN.com. You obviously, you know, teach it as well uh, for people that don't remember or haven't read this piece or your book on Jimmy Carter. Um, talk to us about what happened in the late 1970s, because, you know, you write about briefly, however, and I'd like you to expand a bit on Congress in their history of causing not just trouble, significant trouble. Uh, four important international treaties, and you did cite what happened in the late 70s uh, when Jimmy Carter was president. Yeah, Carter in 1978 pushes for the Panama Canal treaties, and uh, the whole idea is to give the canal back to the Panamanians, and the bigger goal is to create some kind of better relationship with that region. Uh, And when he proposes this treaty, it is hugely controversial, uh, a lot of conservatives like Ronald Reagan start to say this proves he's weak on defense. This proves that Carter is not going to really fight against communism, and he doesn't know how to govern. And uh, and Carter fought back really hard. He conducts this uh, very sophisticated public relations campaign. He courts uh, different senators, and he'll go to their district, to go to their state, and speak to their constituents and do them favors, and even capitalizes on splits among Republicans because some favored the Panama Canal treaties. And in the end, he gets them ratified by one vote. Uh, it's a major victory. The treaties have lasted since that time, but it was very costly politically. A lot of conservatives used it to rally members, to raise money, and to paint Carter as weak on defense. But in the long run, Carter stands by it, and it was a, a victory that I think you would agree still was worth the cost of the actual fight. Um, I, how much time do we have, guys? I don't want to get it. To, okay, I do have time for one more. What do, you, what do you think is the most important point that we come away from this with? I mean, if, in fact, the president gets what he wants and Congress backs him and we present a unified front, how much of a front that is or otherwise? I think it's, uh, you know, the point to take away is less about the need for unity, but the uh, need to show that both branches of government have participated in the creation of a treaty of this importance. If you don't have that, uh, the treaty, the agreement, whatever you want to call it, is just much thinner, much more fragile. And if he can get this through, it will show that the political cost of doing something this controversial and this difficult can ultimately produce a a treaty that is much more sustainable and hopefully has the impact on Iran's nuclear capacity that everyone's hoping for. Uh, Thank you for being with us as always. We love having you with us, Julian. Follow him on Twitter at Julian Zelizer, J-U-L-I-A-N-Z-E-L-I-Z-E-R. His website is julianzelizer.com. And pick up his book. You can get it at Amazon and all those great places online. The Fierce Urgency of Now, Lyndon Johnson, Congress, and the Battle for the Great Society.